Blog Talk Radio.
Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Radio Show. The song you just heard is my single, Sinking In, off my album, Leave It All Behind, which you can find on iTunes by searching Carrie Edelman. So I want to thank everyone for tuning into the show. This show has been going so well, and it's because of all the guests and people I've had on the show to interview that have made it such an amazing show since it was launched at the end of March. And tonight we have the amazingly talented comedian Josh Blue coming on in a moment. So before I bring him on the air, I just wanted to let everyone know a little bit about the concept of my show, as I do in the introduction of each show. As a clinical psychologist, as well as a singer-songwriter, who also has a lot of involvement in the entertainment industry, I always wanted to combine my psychology background, my extensive interviewing background, and um, entertainment in such a way that I can bring people on the air and promote them so that they can tell the world who they're all about and get their names out there. Um, Personally, I know how difficult the entertainment industry can be, so the concept of the show is really about the guests and the people I interview to help them get their names out there and support them. So on my show, people are going to get a real taste of what these people's lives are like, the experiences they've encountered, and also learn what it's like to be in their profession. And a few concepts that I kindly ask people keep in mind is that Although I'm a clinical psychologist, the show is not meant by any means to be providing formal treatment or therapy to anyone. Um, I do sometimes, or, you know, the guests might uh, bring up psychological terms and concepts, which we will discuss, but they'll be in in a much more broad and general sense rather than uh, specifically honing in on a specific person. And I also want my guests to feel open to discuss whatever they'd like So if they bring up an embarrassing or humiliating story about maybe a person they've encountered or an organization, um, we just kindly request that they do not uh, speak about anyone's names um, because we want to leave things anonymous so not to humiliate any persons. So at the end of the show, I will give people information about how they can become a guest. If you are currently tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. And feel free to join us in the chat room. Also, if anyone wants to call in tonight and ask Josh Blue questions, please dial 805-243-1320. So I'm sure everyone is excited to get to the interview. And for some reason, recently, the um, radio station, Blog Talk Radio, just changed the interface. So my whole switchboard as of tonight is different. So please bear with me in the event that... uh, there are any malfunctions. Hopefully there won't be. I uh, looked at it before I went on the air tonight, and it looks like it's pretty nice, but there are some differences to it. So, again, please keep in mind that there might be a malfunction along the way here or there. So I wanted to just let everyone know. Um, I always do a lot of um, background uh, information on my guests, and I really read up on them. And before we start interviewing Josh, I was just – so highly impressed um, about everything that I was reading about him. He is just not only an amazing comedian, but I just have so much respect and admiration for him as a person, too. Um, This is someone who I can see exudes an air of confidence both on and off the stage, which I think by him demonstrating this to others, he really shows that no matter what one might be dealing with or struggling with in life, that by hard work and believing in oneself and not being consumed by what other people may think, that you can truly become successful and accomplish great things when you put your mind to it. And that's definitely something that Josh Blue exudes, and I, I noticed that right away when I started reading about him and listening to his comedy, and he's just he's phenomenal. 
So um, I'm going to give you some background information, and then I will bring him on. So Josh Blue is a nationally touring well-known comedian who can be seen performing his stand-up act, and I pulled this from his bio, where he puts the cerebral and cerebral palsy at comedy clubs and theaters all over the country. Josh burst onto the comic scene when he was, became the winner of Last Comic Standing, and he definitely exudes a likability that has significantly increased his fan base while delivering a comedic act which focuses on breaking down stereotypes of people with disabilities. Um, he also has exceptional improvisational skills which people can see and which also demonstrates that no two comedy shows of his are alike. Um, he's told his story on Fox News, CBS, ABC, and MSNBC. He has also made guest appearances on numerous shows, such as The Ellen DeGeneres Show, um, where he was named the best winning reality show guest for his live, for his debut sorry, on Live with Regis and Kelly, as well as made unforgettable appearances on Comics Unleashed. He has also been a guest multiple times on nationally syndicated radio programs, such as NPR's Talk of the Nation and The Man Cow Show as well as has been featured in print publications such as the New York Times and People magazine. Um, he's also performed at places such as Comedy Central, South Beach Comedy Festival, HBO Aspen Comedy Festival, and the Comedy Festival in Las Vegas, to name a few. And you also definitely have to check him out on YouTube, as his videos have hit approximately 2 million plays. And finally, if Josh is not doing enough already, as I would like to say, uh, he also plays an active role in the U.S. Paralympic soccer team, and we will talk about that tonight. So without further ado, let's bring Josh on the air. Josh, you're now on the Carrie Edelman Show. Well, hi. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, I hope that wasn't too much. I, I do a lot. <laughs> Yeah, that's a long list of accolades I have there. Probably longer than the interview. <laughs> no, absolutely not. You're you're amazing. But uh, congratulations oh, on you. everything you've accomplished. Wow, well, yeah, thank you for the kind words. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, um, I want to make this interview not just about, you know, some questions that I have, but I really want you to feel free and open to, you know, discuss whatever comes to your mind, too. So don't um, feel bad if you interrupt me at any point. You know, I really want to make this about you and promoting yourself as a comedian. Oh, thank you. All right. (laughs) I have no trouble interrupting people. Okay. That sounds good. (laughs) So I always like to start out. Something um, interesting that I read about you, and let me get to my notes because, unfortunately, I'm a big Howard Stern fan, but I don't have a whole uh, crew behind me that can feed me stuff, so I have to do everything on my own. Uh, So let me just pull up some of my notes here. So one of the things I was really interested in knowing more about was that I read that you had been born in, if I don't pronounce this correctly, Cameroon, West Africa? Yeah, Cameroon. Uh, my dad Cameroon. was over there. Yeah, my dad was over there teaching English. Um, oh, wow. And, uh, well, my mom was there, too. Right. Um, <laughs> and, she, um, yeah, my dad was over there, and um, I just happened along halfway through their two-year stay, and um, it's pretty amazing being a a white African-American now. (laughs) Okay, okay. So were you, how old were you before you moved over, before you moved to Minnesota? Were you Uh, old enough to have any experiences there? I don't remember Cameroon. um, Okay. But when I was 
uh, when I was like one, we moved to Minnesota, and then uh, when I was 15, we actually got to move back to Africa. We lived in Senegal for an uh, okay. entire year, uh, my sophomore year of high school. So I definitely remember that, and I, I really, I got to tell you, I think that's probably the most influential time of my life, uh, being 15 and going over to a third world country and just realizing how... Wow fortunate I was, even though I have a disability, I have a lot of other amazing things in my life, and I think that opened my eyes to the world, and it happened at a pretty young age, which which is amazing, you know, to, to get to have that experience and, and, and kind of embrace it and, and live your life like that, you know. So you, like you're talking right now, so it was really when you went over there at 15 that you kind of were like, you were able to kind of deal with your disability and I guess just living in that environment really helped you kind of see the world in a different way? Well, yeah, I got to say before that, you know, high school, school is not a very, uh, it's not always the most friendly or fair places to be if sure. you're different. And, and I, uh, I was kind of, uh, I've, I've always had the gift of being funny, but I always kind of got down on myself about, why like, can't I be like the other kids or whatever. And then, right. Uh, once I kind of went to Africa, I realized that it doesn't really matter what, you know, what, what's, what you think or what other people think is holding you back. It's what you think is good. And if you embrace that, that's the, the key Absolutely. is like, yes, you can be dealt anything. It's how you deal with it. Exactly. Yeah, use your strength. I to agree with you. I agree with you definitely. I think a lot of my psychology and stuff that I do when I work with people works a lot with. I think like you're saying is you really need to focus on changing your perception about things, and you know things can be dealt one way, but if you look at it in a different way, you can make yourself feel differently, behave differently, et cetera. So I definitely agree with what you're saying. That's that's definitely but a great point. So it's so easy to fall into that where you're just stuck in one way of thinking. And the only thing that one way is right, when actually mm-hmm. there's millions of ways to get to an end product and it doesn't exactly. have to be the conven- it doesn't have to be the conventional way to achieve it, you know? Mhm. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree with you. So so that's I mean that's that's really interesting to hear about how your experiences over there definitely impacted your perception on things, and, and hopefully it sounds like really gave you the confidence to feel like, you know what, it, it doesn't matter really what people think. I can move forward and do what I want if I put my mind to it. Um, yeah, and I got to, I mean, just, just the experience, you know. I mean, and I've been back to Senegal uh, two more times after that, too. I went, oh, I went wow. by myself. I went by myself when I was in college. I did an internship in a zoo over there which was a phenomenal experience, probably one of the coolest things I've ever done. That's um, awesome. What type of what type of internship did you do? Um, it was in a zoo, so it was uh, basically <laughs> I got to live on the grounds of the zoo in Africa. And oh, wow. They have different rules over there, whereas in America you probably have to go to veterinarian school for, you know, four years and, do all that and all that, and before you could even come in contact with animals, and 
the first day I was there, they put me in a tiger cage to clean it. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, this is different. <laughs> wow. I remember the first day too. They had me weeding uh, this just terrible patch of weeds. It was like in okay. the blistering sun, and I I looked up and there was like seventy vultures circling above me. I was oh like, my. oh, do they do they know something I don't like? <laughs> but just a wow. cool experience, and you know, from that I speak uh, I speak French pretty fluently, and I also speak. Uh, Wolof, nice. which is the native language of Senegal. Um, wow, very cool. I, I, speak, I speak that uh, pretty well, actually, which which is one of, actually my favorite language to speak. Uh, it's very cool. Very, That's awesome. Yeah, so I've definitely had a very crazy, interesting life. And, you know, you, you throw a cerebral palsy on top of all that. Um, that kind of uh, makes people go, who the hell is this guy? You know? Um, <laughs> right. Why don't you, I think it would be um, important, especially if people are tuning in, to, if you can, just give a few sentences about how you would describe cerebral palsy and define it. So, you know, if people aren't educated, they can understand what the diagnosis is and, and how it originates. I think that would be important for people to hear. Sure. Well, it's a type of brain injury that occurs usually uh, at birth, and uh, mine mm-hmm. was at birth because being born in Africa, we didn't they didn't have the right medical facilities for okay. what was going on. Like I I didn't want to come out uh of my mom. Like I guess I was uh in incubation for like ten months and then they finally had to do like an emergency C section and wow. uh it didn't go well and then I actually got medivaced from Cameroon to uh, New York City the second day of my life. Um, oh, wow. And that's kind of where, you know, they stabled me out. Um, but they didn't really know I had cerebral palsy till later because babies are floppy anyway. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and I was, before you came on, I was actually reading a little bit about it. And I, I know a little bit about it, but with my psychology background, I don't treat usually um, children or, you know, infants. That's not my area that I treat. But, you know, I know a little bit about the disorder, and I had read about it being a neurological thing. It's not necessarily related to, even though it impacts your muscles, it's not a muscle type of, you know, issue. Um, so I was reading about that, and it was really, right. yeah, definitely describe some more yeah, about it. Yeah, basically what happens is the brain uh, sends a message, like, to my arm, and the arm, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the arm sends a message to the brain, and the brain reads the message incorrectly and sends the wrong message back to the arm. It's basically right. as layman as I can get get it for you. Uh, sure, sure. No, that's great. But it doesn't get worse and it doesn't get better. You know, it's it's this is a hand I was dealt, and uh, I don't have to worry about you know getting worse, which is awesome. So. Yeah. You know, to be honest with you, I don't really even know. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't. This is all I've ever known is having cerebral palsy. So right. it's normal. It's normal to me. So a lot mm-hmm. of times, oh, well, it must be so hard. And I'm like, well, I don't really have anything else to compare it to. 
Right, right. And I think it's I think that's similar to anyone that's probably born with something and if it's something you've lived with your whole life and you've learned to, you know, adapt to it and you're able, like you said, you're able to just know that it's there and it's something you've always dealt with so you haven't known any different way. So I think that's a, a good point to bring up. Um, you know, I, I've always said, too, that I probably wouldn't even know I had cerebral palsy unless other people told me, you know. <laughs> that's a good you one. Never, you never know. You never know you're different until other people tell you that it's different, you know. Like, it's true. You, mm-hmm. you don't see yourself as being weird, but then you're like, oh, wait, everybody doesn't do that? Oh. Right, weird. right, right. Okay. Right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I think that could be really beneficial to, you know, anyone who's listening in and, and doesn't is not really familiar with um, cerebral palsy. So thank you. Sure. Um, Maybe some of your listeners might go, hey, I actually think I have cerebral palsy too. <laughs> <laughs> they might. That's right. Absolutely. That sounds exactly like me. Wow. <laughs> um so, yeah, I, I was able to access some comedy clips, which I want to play a little later, just a couple of clips that you had on your website. Um, but yeah. what, I'm re- what I'm really interested in is um, I really wanted you to share with the audience how you initially became interested in comedy, because it seems like it was something, from what I read, that you fell into a little later in life during your college days when you were actually working on your bachelor's degree in creative writing from Evergreen State College. Um, so. Yeah. How did you kind of stumble across it and get involved in it? Um, you know, I just, uh, I've, I've, I guess, looking back, I've always been funny. I don't know if that sounds weird to say out loud, but I guess oh. that's just kind of the gift I've been given, and I've always been able to to uh, do it. Uh, and, okay. But when you're, when you're in high school and junior high, again, you don't know that you're really have a gift or whatever, it's just like, oh, you mean everybody's not funny like this? You know? Right. You just kind of don't right. Realize. And then when I went off to college and, and that's when people were like, you're funny all the damn time. Like, you should <laughs> really do something. And then, I don't know, I guess I saw a videotape, watch Bill Cosby, you know, I love mm-hmm. stand-up. And then I just kind of, somewhere in my heart, got it in there. Hey, that's something I could probably do. Okay. And then basically what I did was uh, there's an open mic night for, like, music and poetry mm-hmm. uh, on campus. And I finally got the courage and made my friends make me sign up for it. And then okay. I didn't have any choice. And then you get, like, ten minutes, and I, I probably did, like, seven of that ten. But it got a huge response. and And... Right. And then I told the audience that I'd be back next week. And uh, the thing that got me was the the next week there was, like, 70 people there, whereas before there was probably, like, you know, 15 people. Wow, that's audience. amazing. And then that's I, awesome. like, it was a weird, like, it must have been, like, word of mouth just from people and me telling people sure. I was going to be there. And I know that they were all there for me because as soon as I was done, Everybody <laughs> <laughs> That makes a pretty big statement. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And and then I just got the bug in me, and I, I just started going up and doing it. And then I went to a really cool liberal arts college where you can create your own studies and, and uh, majors and, and make your own class. And I decided to study stand-up, and 
It was a, a lot of fun. It was really That's a, awesome. Best thing I could have really done. Cool. And then basically so from there. Yeah, go ahead. Wow. How long have you been doing it about now, I guess? Well, I graduated in what, oh one. So yeah, you know, ten years that so I've been ten years. Okay. But, you know, definitely the first few years that were slow. <laughs> You know, and I right. took a year off when I graduated from college, and I didn't, you know, that was just something I was doing in college, and I thought, yeah, maybe I could do more of it, but then it, you know, I finally found the comedy club in Denver where I live, and it was all downhill from there. <laughs> nice, nice. That's, that's awesome. Great. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool that you kind of found your niche while you were in school, and really ran with it and, and pursued your passion. I think that's great when people are able to do that. Um, so how would you describe your comedy to someone who has not seen you perform? And then we're going to check out one of your uh, clips in a minute. Yeah, I mean, I'm very self-deprecating. I, uh, I'm mm-hmm. very I'm very willing to throw myself under the bus for your amusement. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I also, it's the kind of jokes where only I could make, you know? I can throw myself under the bus, but I dare you to try to throw me under the bus, you know? Uh, Right. My thing is, like, when I first started out, I talked, obviously, a lot about having cerebral palsy. And now, Mm -hmm. i got to say, now that people know who I am, I have a lot less explaining to do, so I can just get down (laughs) to, like, real jokes that don't have to do with palsy. But ultimately... Everything I say comes from the point of view of a person with cerebral palsy. So, right. no matter what I do, it's coming from this <laughs> this person. <laughs> um, very but my cool. comedy, like no two shows are alike. I'm very uh, sometimes people say very quick witted or uh, quick like on the quick on the draw. I say I'm just easily distracted. <laughs> okay. You know, if something happens in the room, I talk about it because, you know, if somebody drops a glass of water, well, everybody's attention is drawn to that water. I look at right. it as if I don't comment on that moment, then I'm missing the opportunity. Right. And I agree with you. I mean, there's there's a handful of comedians that I go out to see regularly, and I really, truly like those ones that do a lot of what you're saying, that improvisation, and they can just kind of pull from the audience because, you know, there's some people that I go to see regularly, and they do the same thing over and over again. It can get boring. But when they're doing stuff like you're talking about, every show is always different, and you never know what you're going to walk into. So that's that's awesome that you have that scale. It's really cool. So, so it looks like from what I read, you were the winner of Last Comic Standing, which is amazing. You want to briefly touch on that, and then we're going to check out your performance from that. Cool. Yeah, it is a really cool experience to uh, get to be on that show. I mean, get to uh, do what I love on national TV, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. And what year was that? Uh, I was uh, 06. Okay, okay. Yeah, so it's been about six years. All right? I'm not good with math. Oh, yeah, five years. That's okay. (laughs) That's (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) 
And how many people did you compete against in that? Um, the original, it starts from, like, thousands of people. Wow. Um, you know, several different cities across the nation have um, auditions. Wow. You just fight your way to the top. That's amazing. And, uh, Congratulations. Thank you. It's uh, really, I mean, it's a really cool experience. And it's, um, I mean, just getting to, again, do what I love and make people laugh. Like, I just had fun. It was a game to me, you know. It's just a right, game. Right, <laughs> That's awesome. Well, why don't we take a break for a moment, and uh, we will check out your uh, bit on Last Comic Standing from when you had won, okay? And then we'll be right back. All right. Sounds okay. Good. All right, everyone. We will be back with Josh Blue in a moment on the Carrie Edelman Show. We're going to now check out his uh, stand-up bit on Last Comic Standing, which he won in 2006. I live with cerebral palsy. I really, really want to move forward. I don't know any other comics with disabilities who have really got on national TV and said what they have to say. Please welcome Mr. Josh Blue. Let him know. Josh Blue. Hey! How you guys doing? You know, uh, people ask me if I get nervous before coming up on stage. I said, heck no, I got this many people staring at me all day. I was walking downtown, and the drunk tank stopped and picked me up. I was like, "Uh uh-oh. I was like, wait a minute here, fellas, there's a misunderstanding. I'm, I'm not drunk, I have cerebral palsy. They were like, that's a pretty big word for a drunk ass. I was in there for seven days. They were like, damn, buddy, what did you drink? Only got three minutes. Shut up. Lost the part of my performance. I'd like to inform you: you all are going to hell for laughing at me. Okay, everyone, and that was Josh Blue performing at Last Comic Standing, which he won in 2006. That was awesome, Josh. I love that. <laughs> oh, thanks. It's so uh, it's been so long ago now. Right. Does it? Yeah. It's always painful for me to listen to that. <laughs> Why is that? I, I, I love it. I love the stuff you did for that. Yeah, no, no, just in general. It's, I always find it hard to listen to myself. Yeah, I think most people do. Yeah, I'm the biggest critic, you know, of myself. So Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I could have said that differently. Oh. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But but to everybody else, they're like, yeah, woo. Yeah, and that was great material, really good. Oh, thanks. And you know what's really cool is I've just been touring so much since winning that show that, you know, I perform five, six shows a week sometimes, and... I just wow. feel like such a such a better comic now than when I was on that show, just because I have so much more experience under my belt and sure. like a 
I feel like a adult now. Like I felt like <laughs> I was a, like a very naive comedy kid at that point, and I feel like I've kind of uh, turned a corner with it and, and able to embrace being a comic, not just a cerebral palsy comic, you know. Right, right. No, well, that's. I mean, that's that's great that you can reflect back and see how far you've come. I mean, that's amazing. Really cool. Um, one thing I'm always interested in knowing, because I know a lot of people in all different types of entertainment, whether it's you know comedy, music, film. Um, were your friends and family supportive of you when you decided to you know choose this line of work as your career? Oh no, my parents always wished I had become a brain surgeon. <laughs> No, they were very supportive. Uh, yeah, they, you know, I think my mom always knew that I would do something with people, you know, interacting or talking, you know. My dad, uh, you know, he's very proud of me, but he's kind of a super genius, so he doesn't have time to, <laughs> to think about it. You know, like, my family's very... Uh, uh, he... They don't show emotion wonderfully. I think... Uh, what, I'm sorry, what did you say about your dad? Like, my family doesn't really, like, show... Like, like my manager always describes, like, when you won last comic standing, your parents right. were just like, all right, well, good job, good night, you know? Like, like it wasn't right, a big right, deal. Right. It's just like, it's always just kind of been like that with them, you know? I, I, I can like, relate to that. I, I can relate to what you're my, saying. Yeah, where it's just like, and to me, it's not weird because that's all I know, but to, to other people, like, oh, your parents didn't even seem very happy that you won a big TV show. Like, oh, they're so right. happy. They're just not that kind of people. Aw, but like it's, you said, that, that's what you've known, and you know they're proud of you, and that's just their way of right. you know, exhibiting and, their emotions. Right. Right. And you know, I think the reason why I'm uh, as adjusted as I am, I, I think my wife would probably argue with that, but uh, uh, is because you know I'm the youngest of three, four, and like my, I'm you know none, none of my siblings have any physical disabilities, you know, so um, okay. but they never treated me any differently than them. There were things <laughs> that I needed that were different, but it was it was like taking my brother to basketball practice was the same as taking me to, like, physical therapy or something. You know, right. it's the same. Sure. It's, it's just, this is what we do. This is what I do, you know. So right. they never coddled me or, you know, oh, you know, they never treated me any differently. And then I just got stuck with that attitude, you know. I'm, I'm no different than anyone else. Probably, yeah, absolutely. Probably it kind be, of, yeah. Do you, do you think it kind of normalizes things by, like you said, like you're going to physical therapy, they're going to whatever baseball practice, did that kind of just like normalize things for you because you weren't being treated yeah. differently? Right, and you know, it's like when you're young like that, you don't really know what's going on, but obviously it, it just it never was an issue, you know. Mhm. Mhm. Um. So, like you said, in your, your comedy act, you do you focus a lot on breaking down stereotypes of people with disabilities. And um, I wanted to know, like, could you describe for the audience just how you became comfortable with sharing 
the experiences you've had with your own disability and, and tying it into your, your comedy act. Yeah, I mean, sorry, can you say that again? I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. I might have been a little wordy. Um, just the fact that, you know, you, you have cerebral palsy and you have a disability, and how did you just kind of come to terms to become comfortable with, with sharing it with people and tying it into a comedy act? Well, I think it just was a process of, of just over my life mm-hmm. having really awkward situations where people don't necessarily know how to interact with mm-hmm. me because of my disability. And then me just always ha- just kind of uh, not being offended, just kind of going with it and maybe playing with their ignorance about the situation. And then, sure, sure. you know, to your friends, when you do that, that they'll laugh their asses off, you know. If somebody thinks that I'm mentally disabled because of the way I walk, and my friends know that's not the case, but then if I go with it and mess with them, that's right. good to get up. And then I'm like, hey, why not? Why doesn't that translate to the stage? And, you know, it's a slow process of figuring it out. Um, but yeah, and it's, I mean, and it's something that definitely differentiates you from a lot of the comedians out there. So I think that's, that's great that you have the right. capability to tie this stuff together and, you know, bring it out there to the public. Um, and the one thing I was really curious about, I was thinking about this when I was, you know, reading about your bio and everything. And, you know, there's so many people in the world today that have different types of disabilities, whether it's physical related or neurological or mental illness. And have you ever encountered someone during your, your comedy act that just didn't appreciate your comedy or felt that you were making fun of people with disabilities? Did that ever happen? Right. I mean, it's bound to happen. You can't please everyone. And, I mean, right. it doesn't happen a lot. Um, okay. Okay. But I've had it. I've had it, definitely had it. A lot of times what it is, people go, I have a friend who has a disability. I don't think it's very funny what you're saying. And then my response is, hey, why don't you ask your friend what what they think about my show? Because, you know, I would say this. I'm just talking about my life and my experience. And, like, these these are things that have happened to me personally. And... It's how I choose to talk about it, you know. Would you rather me tell the story where I got angry at the end or had a laugh about it? Right. And, you know, it's, uh, you know what I get more than people being uh, angry about it is people who are angry and think that I'm, I don't really have cerebral palsy. Really? You'd be shocked how many people, like, will email my manager and, I just saw his special... And I think that's so wrong that he is going up there oh my and God. making fun of those people. And you just, I mean, what kind of ass would I be if I was just <laughs> going up there and making fun of disabled people, you know? Like, right. Uh, wow, that's, how, how that's dumb interesting. Are you, I never know? thought. <laughs> uh, that's really interesting. I never thought of that question if someone thought that you were just imitating someone with a disability. That's. Wow, that's really interesting. I've had it. Uh, I've had that a lot actually. When people even wow. after a show, I've had people after a show come up to me and shake my hand and go, "Oh my God, you really have that?" Like, 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. You have, you have such a great spirit, Josh. You really do. I wanted to ask you, and I'll just put this as a side note, and then I'll, we'll check out another one of your clips. Are you ever going to come to like the Shore area in New Jersey? You got to come here and perform. We want to see you here. At least I do. <laughs> yeah, I've been out there a few times. I was I was there not too long ago. Um, I don't know that I had to perform at. Oh, I forget. They all run together at this point. I'm sure you know. They all just kind of. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the places. Some of the theater. There's some theater. Uh, I played all over Jersey. Yeah, I played there. You have? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, you got to come back there. That's pretty close to me. That's like an hour away from where I live. <laughs> okay, we'll write you a congressperson and, and we'll make it okay. happen. Okay. <laughs> oh, you're, yeah, you're a great person. So, um, all right, let's check. Go ahead. Oh, no, I, yeah, I said thanks. No, I just said thanks. Uh, you know, uh, I might even have a gig in Jersey that I don't know about. I always just go to my website to find out where I'm going. Yeah. I did. You do have one actually coming up. I can't remember when exactly it is, but it's it's pretty far up in northern New Jersey, so I'll have to check out when that is. But I did see you had one coming up in New Jersey. Yeah. So um, so let's check out one of your other comedy bits, which I thought was really funny, and you kind of made reference to it in the beginning of the show where you said your, you know, your arm sends a incorrect message to your brain, um, and right. it's the one that you describe where you have an encounter with your arm, and you've titled it Pickpocketed, and I think this is brilliant. So uh, let's check out this comedy bit by Josh Blue, and then we will be back in a moment on the Carrie Edelman Show with Josh. You guys may have noticed this right arm does a lot of kind tones. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought I got pickpocketed the other day. <laughs> Called the cops. Can you imagine that awkward situation? <laughs> Sir, is your wallet in the other hand? <laughs> so it is, thank you. Okay, everyone, and we're now back on the air with Josh Blue, and that was his uh, comedy bit called Pickpocketed, where his uh, arm basically looks as though it stole something from his other arm. Ah, <laughs> uh, the good old days. Is that one of your older ones, too? Yeah, uh-huh. It's funny. I've, yeah. I've, I just filmed a new hour special uh, a couple months ago, and uh, it's just all new material. It's it's kind of weird to look back and listen to those old jokes and just go, wow. Wow. It's, uh, it's exciting. It's cool to it's cool to feel the growth, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have any comedy, do you have any new CDs that you're going to be coming out with or any older ones that people can uh, access? Um, yeah, there's stuff on um, iTunes. I think my uh, Good Josh Bad Arm is on there. And then okay. uh, I have a I have a DVD called Seven More Days in the Tank. And then I okay. also have a music CD I did with some friends of mine uh, called Josh Blue and the Hooligan Stew Review. <laughs> cool. And everyone can access that stuff on iTunes? Uh, yeah, or my website, JoshBlue.com. 
Okay, cool, cool. So everyone yeah. definitely has to check out his material and uh, definitely purchase some of his uh, DVDs and CDs that he has out right now. So, uh, so what uh, else? I, yeah, I was going to tell you, I don't know if you've seen this clip on uh, on uh, YouTube. It's called uh, How Josh Blue Gets Out Palsied. No, um, I, I have to check that one out. I didn't see yeah, that one. Yeah, you definitely have to tell uh, people about that because it's – it's one of those situations where I couldn't have planned it any better, and this other guy uh, comes, comes up on stage with cerebral palsy. And a, a, oh wait, no, no, I'm yeah. sorry, I did see that. I did see that one. Yeah. That was great. Yes, <laughs> I just didn't know the title of it. Hilarious? I did. Isn't that, hilarious? that was great. That was really very uh, intelligent and and interesting how you tied that together. Yeah, very good. Oh, uh, thanks. That was awesome. Yeah, I did see that. I did see that. Ingenious. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I think um, one of the things I definitely wanted to just, again, focus on was that, you know, I, I just think it's so awesome that you've been able to take your confidence and your extreme talent and demonstrate to others that, you know, you can get out there and you can do something that you're passionate about no matter, you know, what you're dealing with in life. And I just wanted you to make a comment for you know anyone who's listening in that might be struggling with some type of a disability, how they can pursue their dreams and passions and not let people hold them back or their disability hold them back. Well, yeah, I, I'm happy to say it, but I also I I don't think it should just be for disabled people because I feel like everybody has something in their life where they're like, oh, I wish I could do that, True. but but. And, you know, whatever, fill in your excuse here, you know. I've always mm-hmm. said this, if, if I don't ever accomplish something, it's not because of my terrible palsy, it's just because I'm being lazy. Um, <laughs> That's a good point. You know, I kind of look at it like this. If, if you have a passion in you and there's something that you want to do with your life, then nothing in the world should stop you from doing whatever it is that you love doing, whether it impacts other people or you're making ridiculous art in your basement, whatever. Right, right. If it makes you happy, find a way to do it and do it. I mean, I think we, we were talking about this in the beginning. There's lots of different routes to an end product. And yeah. sometimes people go, oh, I want to do this, but I'm not good at doing it this way. Well, find a new way to accomplish that goal. And make it I agree. And make it even better with your new idea. I agree. I think, like you were saying in the beginning, too, sometimes people get very, you know, narrow-minded and very one-sided in their thinking, and and that's when you kind of get yourself into a little bit of a, a rut. Because even with, for example, this radio show, I've only been doing it for about ten weeks now, and it's just been, I mean, especially the guests. It's the guests that I've had on that's made it what it is. But I've worked really hard in other areas of my life, and I feel that this has been a different route that I've chosen to, you know, get my name out there, not only as a musician, but as a radio host and stuff like that, and and I agree with you. It's by taking these different routes and avenues that sometimes things that you least expect start to happen for you. So I think that's a, a great point to make to people, and I think that's another good point that you said. It's not just people with disabilities. You just, if you have something that you are passionate about and you believe in, you got to kind of get off your butt and do it. You can't just be sitting around, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Right, too short not to do what you want to do. Yeah, 
no, you're right. You're definitely right with that. So um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I have tons of other questions here that I can ask you. Um, have you ever had any interest in writing a book about your yeah, life? Yeah, I'm today? actually I'm doing that right now, actually. You are? Um, awesome. Yeah, I'm, uh, but I have an interesting writing style. I'm, I'm not able to type or write myself, so okay. my whole life I've always dictated to people. So okay. I've gone through a few um, few transcribers, people who can take down notes, and I finally found a guy that uh, we work well together, and uh, we're making progress. Nice. Nice. That sounds awesome. When do you anticipate, you know, just approximately releasing something like that? Well, I was hoping to have a draft done by the end of the year, but hopefully okay. me saying that doesn't make me a liar, but it gives me a motivation. <laughs> gives me some motivation right. now that I told you about it, you know. Okay. Well, you know what we'll do? And I, I do this with all my guests. So when you get ready to launch your book, um, have uh, Meredith or you get in touch with me, and we will bring you back on the show to uh, do a promotion for you and your book. Oh, uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah we'll I'm definitely really excited. do that. We got a working that- title. I think it's going to be called The Palsy Punch. Oh, nice. nice. Very nice. Very catchy. Very cool. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, definitely get in touch with me or, like I said, have Meredith when that, you know, gets to come out. And I would love to have an advanced copy to, to check it out in advance. That would be awesome. Oh, well, yeah, we'll make it happen. All right, cool. That sounds like a plan. So tell us a little bit about your um, involvement as a soccer player and being on the U.S. Paralympic team. Yeah, I mean, it's another really cool uh, facet of my life. Uh, I've always just loved playing soccer, and uh, I ended up finding out about the Paralympics pretty much about the same time I found out about uh, found out about uh, the comedy scene in Denver. It was like a one-week okay. period where where I won a comedy contest in Denver and I made the Paralympic team all in the same like, oh, wow. week period. And it was just amazingly cool experience to, I mean, I've been to like eight different countries playing for the U.S. national team. And um, unfortunately, you know, I, I've uh, had to kind of push it to the back burner a little bit just because mm-hmm. I travel so much and I have two kids now, so um, oh, wow. it's hard. Awesome. Yeah, it's hard to uh, it's hard to convince the wife that hey, honey, I just was gone on tour, but now I'm gonna leave <laughs> and go play soccer. Right, right. But, but uh, really cool news. Um, my team is in Holland right now, and I heard last weekend that they qualified for the 2012 Olympics in uh, London. So, oh, congratulations. Uh, that's really, uh, I guess it's time for me to jump back on the team. Yeah, yeah, this is a good time. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We want to see you out there in 2012, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, you have so much going on. And, again, I think it's just so cool how you have gotten involved in so many different things you're passionate about in life and just you've pursued it to the fullest that you can. Um, yeah. So what would you... I always like to ask comedians, um, what advice would you have to people who are starting out in the industry? Um, what types of 
I don't know, tips or recommendations would you have to someone who's starting out? Well, I mean, as far as stand-up, I think the best thing you can do um, is watch as many shows as you can, live shows. Go mm-hmm. to shows. And um, I got fortunate enough in Denver where I just, uh, was they loved me at the club and they invited me down anytime I wanted to go. So I would be there pretty much nightly every week. Wow. Uh, and I'd watch, I'd watch the same comics or I'd get to see, you know, big name people, big name comics come in and watch them. And I'd watch their set, you know, three different nights in a row and watch how they change their set from the beginning of the week to the end of the week, how they've learned in just the weekend. Um, and, you know, I watch a lot of people that you like and watch people that you don't like. And I think that I learned a lot from people that I don't like, too. Um, <laughs> right, right. You get an idea of what you don't want right. to be. Or you get an idea of what you... Yeah, yeah, I think it's just an awesome experience. I really feel like that is the probably the, the number one thing you can do. That's after you've actually tried stand-up, too. You need to, if you want to do stand-up, you actually have to do it. Don't just talk about it. Because maybe you'll get up there and realize, oh, my God, this is not for me. That's And it's funny you said that because that's what a lot of comedians have said is kind of, get up there and do it a few times and really see if that's something for you. So that's, yeah, that's another point that other people have made too, which I think is, you know, a valid, you know, point um, that people have to take into consideration that you might get up there and say, you know what, this is not my thing. (laughs) Um, Very, very cool. So what else can people uh, know about you that we haven't spoken about tonight and definitely, plug some of your uh, plug your website and any other places that people can find out about you? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, other things people probably don't know about me. I do a lot of artwork. Uh, I'm a painter, oh, and I do uh, I do, do wood sculpture, uh, wood carving, so me with power tools. I should videotape <laughs> that because that is entertaining. <laughs> okay. Very cool. And yeah. it's I, I actually tried to, I think I saw that on your website you did do some artwork, but there was there was a malfunction when I tried to look at some of it. I remember I was going to your site the other day. So maybe there's something on my end, my computer just didn't let me see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll it's have to I'm obviously on Facebook, and uh, I hate to admit this, but I am on Twitter now. <laughs> uh, you can how, follow how me there. Often how often do you tweet, Josh? Um, yeah, I try to do at least once a day. Okay. Say something silly or funny about what I'm doing or, you know, I think my tweet this morning was, I think I got poison ivy in Kansas City. Uh, palsy poison <laughs> ivy, extra itchy. Right, right. <laughs> well, please, I'm on Twitter too, so um, I will follow you and if you can kindly follow me. That would be great, too, just by searching yeah, Carrie Edelman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I posted, uh, to be honest, I don't go on that much either. I had a bunch of younger fans with my music, and they said, you got to join it. And I said, fine, I will join it. But I can tell you, unfortunately, I'm not going to be on there every day. So I did tweet tonight 
about your show. So that's when I usually go on is, you know, once or twice a week to promote the upcoming uh, show. So so you're awesome. on there tonight. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll start following you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I'll follow you too. That will be great. Yeah. All right. Well, Josh, it was so great having you on the show. I'm so honored that you came on, and you did such an amazing job, and we're definitely bringing you back on once you release your book so you can promote that and tell the world about that. Awesome. Thank you. It's been wonderful uh, yeah. chatting with you. Thank you for being awesome. You too. And I hope that one day we can meet in person. So I'm going to definitely be uh, looking at your website and maybe you'll come to an area close to me one day so I can uh, come come and check out one of your shows too. Yeah, yeah. If I'm in your area, I'll tell Meredith and we'll hook it up. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Aw. It was so great having you on, Josh. And I'm going to continue to promote you as I do with all of my guests that come on the show. And, uh... Yeah, everyone tonight, uh, again, Josh Blue on the Carrie Edelman Show. You can check him out at joshblue.com. Follow him on Twitter, follow him on Facebook, um, and go to YouTube to see all his videos, as well as uh, iTunes to check out his DVDs and CDs. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Josh. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show, and let's definitely keep in touch. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, have a great night, Josh. Thank you, bye. Thanks. Okay, bye. All right, everyone, again, that was Josh Blue tonight, the comedian on the Carrie Edelman Show, and everyone definitely has to check him out. Go to his website, joshblue.com. So next week, just to give people some information, if you are still tuned into the show, um, next week we will have, coming on the show, Mike Moores, the comedian. Hold on, let me get to all my information here. Uh, that'll be Thursday, July 7th. We're going to do a different night next week because that was the night that worked best for him. At 8 o'clock p.m., tune in to the Carrie Edelman Show to hear an interview with comedian Mike Morse. And Mike is a veteran stand-up comedian who can be seen performing his energetic act all over the country in comedy clubs across North America, including venues in New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago, Boston, Miami, Atlantic City, Las Vegas, Toronto, and Montreal. And his unique style has made him a headline favorite, whether he is performing at the Borgata Hotel and Casino, Las Vegas Riviera Comedy Club, or New York City's Caroline Comedy Club. Fans of Mike Moores are bound to recognize him from his numerous television appearances. And when he is not performing stand-up, Mike can be found doing film and television work. He's appeared on MTV, VH1, Comedy Central, E! Entertainment Network, as well as has appeared in the ACDC music video Stiff Upper Lip and the Ben Folds 5 music video Army. And when it comes to film and movie work, he's also made his movie debut as a rocker named Steven Weasel in White Chicks Incorporated. Finally, being involved in stand-up comedy and TV and film, it still does not encompass what Mike is totally about. He has also been a writer for the popular New York City sketch group called Third Rail Comedy, as well as wrote and performed in several successful New York City stage productions, including Nuts in a Life Shell and Dust Bunny's Behojalus. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. He has also written for The Tonight Show, A&E, ESPN, Fuse TV, Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn, and many others. And finally, Mike has to his credit several entries in the popular book titled The Complete Idiot's Guide to Jokes. Mike has also been regularly heard on the Howard Stern Show. He was also a co-host on Miserable Men, 
which um, was broadcasting every Sunday on Sirius XM Radio. We hope that comes back soon. And finally, Mike has been um, a part of the New York City Underground Comedy Festival, and for the past two years, he's been the opening comedy act for the queen of mean Lisa Lampanelli. So tune in next week again, Thursday, that is, July 7th at 8 o'clock p.m. to hear comedian Mike Morris. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us tonight, and we're going to sign off with the title track off of my album, Leave It All Behind, titled Leave It All Behind, which you can find on iTunes by searching Carrie Edelman. <laughs>